Welcome to the Higher Ed Podcast, where we explore the latest developments and emerging trends in the world of higher education. Our podcast features in-depth discussions with the industry's leading experts, providing valuable insights and actionable advice for academic leaders and executives. From designing impactful universities and establishing strong brand identities for colleges to delivering exceptional student services, we cover it all. Join us as we reimagine the future of higher education one episode at a time. Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Kamar D. Jarnett. I'm flying solo today. We got a great guest, a patient, and sensational guest, uh, Miss Kathy Belletti. Nice to have you. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me, Kamar. I definitely appreciate it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Could you please, I miss, guess just, you know, introduce yourself to our audience and give them a bit of your, your origin story, if you will. How'd you get to this point? Oh, okay. That's loaded. All right. But I'll start off. <laughs> like you said, my name is Kathy Belletti. I'm actually the founder and owner of a training company called Motivate with KAT. It's for admissions advisors and the leadership crew, because we know that you guys have a very tough job. <laughs> I am also a fellow podcast host of EdUp Career School's The Scoop, which is actually a part of the EdUp Experience Network. So I get to meet with everyone involved in the enrollment process with career schools, because I feel like, you know, everyone has a voice, but seldom are they given a platform where they can actually express themselves, talk about how they feel and how we can start fixing this broken system, you know, yeah. one day at a time. Um, I'm a trying mom, an amazing wife, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and an awesome daughter. And I'm just really passionate about people. So this is why I do what I do. Absolutely. So, so where's your passion for higher ed come from? Was the, did you oh, have a path? was there an event that triggered it? Yes, there is. Okay. So here's the deal. First off, I am a traditional and career student. So I went to traditional college. It wasn't so much for me. So I actually left and my entire journey started when I applied for DeVry. At that time, is the Vry Institute of Technology. Now it's the Vry University. Sure. So what happened? I went in. I spoke with my advisor. His name is um, oh my gosh, I forgot his name, and I've been saying this for the longest. But when I spoke with him, there was a program that I was interested in. After talking to me, he realized that's not the best fit for you. Okay, this is the program that's going to be best suited for your personality. Fast forward, we all know in career schools, sometimes you may have a class start that's coming up in the next couple of days. Sure. It was a Thursday. His name is Felix, by the way. If you remember someone's name this long ago, okay, over a decade, they made an impact. Absolutely. The Thursday, they had an entrance in that exam, a math and a reading, bypass the math, flying colors, reading failed by one single point. Wow. The only way that I can start school the following Monday was if I went in, took the SAT exam, only the English portion, and got the grades that I needed to actually surpass for that test. Sure. He called up the SAT board and he acted as if he was my father. And he's like, look, I'm at the school with my daughter. She's trying to start school on Monday. We need to get into the exam. What can we do? And they were like, the only thing that she can do is coming on Saturday at eight o'clock on standby. 
Wow. Because there's always someone who doesn't show up. Yeah, yeah. Went in at eight o'clock, got into the first seat, passed that portion, started school on Monday. Nice. From that point, I said, you know what? This is exactly what I want to do. I started on Monday, did trimesters, got my bachelor's degree in three years. Yeah. And then I applied to be an advisor and they turned me down. Wow. Really? <laughs> You know the story. We need to get you some experience. And so I went, I did two years in uh, marketing, B2B marketing, came back, applied for DeVry. I got accepted and I turned them down to work for Career Education Corporation. Sorry, DeVry. <laughs> oh, so you got them back. Okay, nice. <laughs> but you know what? I, I always appreciate what they've done because it, it's different. It's really different. It's more hands-on. Okay, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with traditional school, but it's just not for everyone. So I started my career as an advisor, then I was a director. I went on to become a regional trainer where I was traveling to multiple schools every single week, training the admissions teams and the directors. And now I have my own training company where I'm teaching advisors to do the same thing. Nice, nice. Okay, so... That's an awesome story, right? So how did you, you know, I guess, you know, channel that experience into you learning how to be an effective communicator with potential students? And I think that's really important now because even though there's a small segment of, of schools that are saying they're having growth and enrollment, a lot of schools are really nervous about that enrollment cliff that we hear people talking about. So, you know, how, how do you, you know, effectively communicate with potential students and, and how did you kind of harness your experiences to kind of make you an expert in that field? Well, here's the thing. First off, coming from the student side, I know what was motivating to me. I know what it felt like for him to ask me questions that actually mattered. And here's the problem, because a lot of times in admissions, we're always talking about effective communication. And it gets to the point where our advisors sometimes are like, okay, I get it. But what does that even mean? What is effective communication? I ask a lot of questions. We're having great conversations. But really and truly, is the message landing? That's where the effective communication comes in. If, in fact, you're really listening to a student's story, are you responding appropriately? Are you asking the right follow-up questions? Are you trying to get an enrollment? Or are you trying to enroll a graduate who's actually going to stick it through and start right. working? You know, active listening, showing empathy, all of that goes into effective communication. You know, an appropriate recap. So many times advisors think that a recap of someone's story is regurgitating everything that they said. And that's not what it is, is pulling those very critical parts of their life story out of the conversation and saying, is this still where you want to be? I can show you what life can look like after you've gone through that training. That's how you know that you really made the connection. That's what Felix did for me. And this is what advisors need to understand. Yeah. when it comes to talking and inspiring students to get to the next level. Now, you made an excellent point, especially about the recap. Um, I, I used to tell reps and candidate managers all the time, because it seems like, like you said, to them, they think they're just repeating. You know, it's a waste of time, especially as we get into this millennial generation Z age. Mm -hmm. um, but I would always tell people, like, if 
if it if it wasn't going to really help you make that connection, do you think I would be coaching you to do it? And do you think that so many people, you know, that have really had success in helping change futures and change lives will coach to it if if, if it was a meaningless thing? So you 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 got it. Do you find it harder with these Generation Z and and and, and millennial, you know, kind of reps to instill that in them? Do they push back at all? Yeah, um, there is a lot of pushback, but I think it starts from the very beginning, understanding who the student is, you know, but then also really painting that picture from the very beginning. You know, sometimes when advisors are going through that conversation, they're asking questions because it's just something else to check off of the list. But do you know why you're actually asking those questions? Do you understand what that's going to lead to? What advisors need to understand, especially with the Gen Z population, uh, studies have shown that they are one of the most smartest generations out there. They are are born in the phase of technology. They do a lot of research before they call your school. So that old game over a decade ago, they're already privy to that. So they're ready as soon as your advisors pick up the phone. So you have to dig a little deeper. You have to ask the question beneath the question. Why are you looking for a change? What is that? What is this actually going to do for you? Yeah. You know, what is your situation right now? Because nobody wakes up any given day and say, you know, I have forty thousand dollars that I want to invest. Hmm. Let me think of a school that I want to give it to. Yeah. <laughs> are you struggling to scale your student prospects? Well, look no further than Engine Systems. Our BPO lead generation service is specifically designed to help you generate qualified student prospects increase enrollments, and provide your team with a stress-free experience. Partnering with us is a breeze. We offer rapid deployment, a fixed cost structure, and seamless scalability that won't impact your internal systems. We take care of the entire prospect generation process, offer growth strategies and resources, and have a proven track record of delivering impressive results. But best of all, there are no costs unless a student is admitted. So why wait to become a leader in student recruitment? Contact us today to learn more about how we can help you scale your student prospects and achieve your enrollment goals. With Engine Systems, you've found your solution to student prospect scaling. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, that, that's a great point. So I, I think, and you touched on this, yeah, you gotta have a conversation with purpose, right? And every action, um, should have a purpose behind it, right? Mm-hmm. But another thing you spoke about earlier was how Felix kind of directed you to the right program, right? So, you know, maybe tell me how you were able to, once again, kind of harness that experience, channel that experience. And, you know, it's not just always the program that the person may be requesting, mm-hmm. but making sure that you put them in the right program. Okay, here we go. What happens is so many times advisors would look at the lead form that comes in. They're looking at the program and they automatically focus on the given program, not understanding that some students just request programs because someone else told them that it was a good idea. But seldom do they go online or on Google and talk about what that program really is and if it suits their personality. When I went into the VRAI, and this is the second time I tried computer science because I thought I was going to be this big computer um, geek, you know, taking computers apart, you know, studying the motherboard. And I went to the VRAI because I thought their program would have been different. So I went requesting the same exact program. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. When he started asking me these questions, like, so how do you feel about taking different things apart? Do you take radios and stuff apart at home? And I'm like, no, why would I be doing that? And he's like, well, you know, you're interested in computer science. Right. The fifth question. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm not interested. He's like, OK, hold on for a second. Time out. Because everything that I'm asking you has to do with this industry and you seem to hate all of it. So please mm -hmm. tell me what made you choose computer science. Right. What it really was is I didn't really understand what computer science was. I understood the idea of computer science. Cool. It works the same way with students. Let's take a medical billing and coding course, for example. You have a student who's interested in that program. They do not like working independently. Attention to detail is not their thing. They don't like a lot of paperwork. They don't like being on the phones. Just because the lead form says medical billing and coding, and based on their responses, you're still going to place the student in that program. Right. By the first two weeks, they're going to be gone because they're going to be bored out of their minds. And they're going to say, what did I get myself into? It should stop at admissions. When you're asking those questions and you're understanding who the student is, I think most advisors are afraid to tell a student, you know what, I don't think that this is the right fit for you. Maybe this would be a better fit because they have to go on and say, here's why. Right. Because right. you told me that you enjoy one, two, three, yeah. and four. You know, so I think yeah, it helped because I was on that side and I know how I felt. Yeah. So now easier to you know train advisors to relate to students in the same way absolutely i i mean i could relate to that i when i went to uh, school my major was marketing and uh -huh. it's because i was raised by my grandmother and my my uncle who used to come by she told me that his degree you know he majored in marketing he was really successful and you know i looked up to him you uh -huh. know fast forward I don't know. I was maybe 10, 15 years after I graduated college uh -huh. telling him the story one day. And he's like, man, I never majored in marketing. I actually majored oh. in business management. And we had a, <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. But, you know, to your point, I, I had no idea. You know, I just wanted to be like him. I uh -huh. thought that was what he what he had taken. And, you know, things worked out for me. But, you know, to your point, it was just something that my uncle, I thought my uncle did and come to find out he didn't even do it. So it's that's my I mean, you're, you're so right about that. And, and I think that's why Felix, you know, still has a kind of a place in your head and your heart because, you know, he took the time to really discover and, and, and try to put you in the best situation to succeed. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was about to say that I had an amazing experience at the Bri. I loved the intimacy of the classes. You know, when I was in my first college, I felt like a needle in a haystack, you know, and I understand that sometimes there are professions out there where you need to get that degree, you know, but I felt so lost. And, and here's a quick story. One of the things that really turned me off, I had kind of like a hippie professor one time and she was teaching and her slip fell down in the middle of the lecture. She just stepped uh, out of it, threw it to the side and kept going. And I was like, am I the Twilight Zone? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's the method. I found that sometimes I would ask questions and it would be go back to the textbook. 
But really and truly, the reason why the instructor is there is because you need clarification on what you read in the textbook. So this is what you're getting paid for. And I had instructors who said, look, I don't care less if you show up or not. I'm going to get paid regardless. Yep. You know, and it's so sad. It, it was kind of like night and day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So l- listening to your passion, right, and your approach to admissions, I've got to ask this question, but I'm pretty sure where you'll land. Uh-huh. How do you think about AI? Do you think AI is going to replace admissions representatives and admissions teams? Is that even possible? Let me tell you something. (laughs) AI is not going to happen. Okay, here's the thing. When it comes to AI, I think that there's different levels where it will definitely work. You know, we already have CRMs, but I think when it comes to streamlining the admissions process, I think AI can play a huge role there. Because there's different areas of AIs that the AI that I actually use. I use ChatGPT, you know, because it actually helps put things in place for you. And there's some ideas that I would have never thought about, right? But that personal touch between the advisor and a student and being able to show empathy and being able to listen to a student and say, hold on for a second. I think we're going down the wrong path here. I don't think that at any point in time. Artificial intelligence will be able to replace that. Okay. But again, when it comes to systems, absolutely. Okay. But other than that, no. Sorry. No, absolutely. So how do you how do you lead a dynamic admissions team in 2023 going into 2024? What's changed? You know, post-COVID, you know. Oh, early innings of AI, um, the job market the way it is. How, how, how do you motivate them? How do you lead them? I think it's a mixture of everything, honestly, especially since COVID, right? People are depressed. Let's get real. You know, a lot of people have lost family, friends, people who were dear and close to their heart. And I think that sometimes in admissions, we're so business focused that it's all right back to work. All right, come on, let's get those numbers again. And I think when it comes to motivating a team where a lot of leaders go left is because they're automatically thinking that what motivates them is automatically what's going to motivate their team. When really and true, all you have to do is ask them. How many times do leaders say, hey, what do you guys want to do for fun? What motivates you? What gets you excited? It's always the, all right, so I'm going to think of something fun to do. Let's think of these interactive games. And really and truly, that's not it. Your advisors are like, that doesn't motivate me. I think a lot of it comes from confidence, right? It starts from the very beginning. If you're interviewing advisors, be transparent. This is a sales role. It's higher education sales. This personality does not suit everyone. This job is not for everyone. But then you train, you train, you follow up, you train again. Because what happens is when people start to feel as if they're not doing well, when people start to feel as if they're failing, it's a demotivator. But when people start to feel like, okay, I'm winning, I'm doing it, I'm actually changing lives, that's really what motivates people and want, it makes you want to get up out of the bed every single morning to do it again. Right. And I think sometimes we miss the boat as leaders because we're automatically thinking, well, this is what's fun for me. And your team is like, yeah, but that's not <laughs> what resonates with me. So I think a lot of times it goes back to just having a simple conversation with your team and asking them, what makes you tick? What are your goals? Yeah, and yeah. how can I help you get there? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure 
you subscribe you you're you're aware of you know the principle that promotions come from winning teams right so i'm curious with your illustrious experience do you maybe have a story you could share about someone you worked with and you were able to kind of help them elevate in their career you know um i know you've got millions of students but <laughs> maybe an admissions representative that was able to become a director of admissions or something higher um, you know, that maybe you still keep in touch with or, you know, just kind of an inspirational story to share with the group. Oh, man, where do I start? OK, and so I'm not going to talk about someone who was promoted into a director. I'm going to start at a very small level. Right. Because sometimes uh, I don't think a lot of people celebrate those small wins, sure. which actually leads you to getting to the next step. I had an advisor one time and we all know in admissions, if you want to be successful, you need to get up there in your phone calls. Okay, 150 to 200 dials plus, especially if you're not talking to anyone. Right. An advisor, and she thought she was doing the thing because she was averaging 35 dials per day. <laughs> per day, okay? And when I spoke to her, I said, listen, really and truly, you should be making around 150 to 250, but we're going to start small. We're going to work this backwards, and we're going to give you a goal of 35 dials for the hour. Absolutely. Yep. When you get to that hour and you reach those 35 dials, I need you to celebrate. But then the next hour, we're going to 40. OK, so I did that with her. And the next two days, um, the campus president called me and she was like, what did you say? Because this girl is averaging like 150 dials per day now. When I spoke to the young lady, she said, let me tell you, when I got home that night after talking to you, I told my husband, I'm about to quit because this lady is insane and she's out of her mind. <laughs> what it was, it was her perception. Yep. She's thinking, who makes 150 dials? But right. when you work it hour by hour and you realize, wait a minute, I actually just got to 35 dials because one, I had a list. I had a goal. Mm -hmm. I know what I was going to work on in that allotted time. Sure. It makes her feel good. And now inside she's like, let me see if I can challenge myself the next hour. Right. And then you go up the next hour. And with that, her enrollments increased. Okay. Her conversations were much better because now it built her confidence. It started with something small and now she realized I'm actually doing it. I'm succeeding. And it made her want to now go to the next level. Absolutely. Listen, I can't think of a better place to end it than right there. <laughs> Can you uh, share Facebook, Instagram, your podcast information, share all that with our audience, please? Absolutely. Okay. So first off, if you are interested in admissions or leadership training, you can connect with me at uh, kb at motivatewithcat.com. You can email me there, or you could go to my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com. I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. I am on LinkedIn. I am on TikTok. I am on Instagram <laughs> and YouTube. All right. All you have to do is type in Kathy Belletti and I will pop up. Um, I love the YouTube channel because you'll see all of my live events there. And there are so many one minute tips for advisors and leaders where you can just listen to it and say, oh, my gosh, I can apply that right now. Right. Okay. So you can contact me at um, Kathy Belletti on all of those channels and you'll see the name that I'm under. And once again, that website is lessons.motivatewithkat.com. That's awesome. Listen, I would be remiss 
I got a close friend. This guy's like a brother to me, and he's really been giving me a hard time. He's an avid listener, and he wants me to give a shout out to his new daughter, Lavinia Marie Galilee. Aww. Doing that today, Chris. Make sure it's in the recording. We call her Livy for short. He's now a girl dad like I am. That is awesome. Congrats. <laughs> Kathy, I appreciate your time. You were great. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Uh, hopefully we'll connect soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Higher Ed Podcast. To learn more about the topics covered in this episode, please visit engine.systems. Be sure to join us again next week and every week thereafter for more cutting-edge insights and practical advice to help you stay ahead in the dynamic world of higher education. Thank you.